The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Are you a business owner or executive who needs more results from your marketing team? Do you struggle to measure the results of your marketing spend? Or do you need to spend less time running marketing personally? A metrics marketer fractional CMO can help. A fractional CMO delivers measurable results and value by combining real-world experience with a proven marketing framework and process, all at a fraction of the price of a full-time marketing leader. We manage and enhance your existing marketing team while creating programs designed to drive awareness, revenue, and growth for your company. Let us create, manage, and deploy a marketing strategy to help you reach your goals faster. Visit yourfcmo.com, that's yourfcmo.com, to request a free, no-obligation consultation. Mention 3YPC for a special discount of 10% off our services. Grow your business faster with a fractional CMO. Chris and the guys at Greenview Construction LLC are a firm offering professional services in design and, of course, construction. And they are proud to announce that they've completed design and 3D renderings for two-spec home models located in the Jupiter and Palm Beach Gardens area, sitting on over one-acre lots. Now, they've got four lots available for these model homes. The first is a British West Indies model style, totaling just over 4,500 square foot, air-conditioned space, five bedrooms, five bathrooms, and they boast 16-foot ceilings in some areas. The second, more traditional style home, 3,100 square foot, air-conditioned space, four bedrooms and four baths. They boast 14-foot ceilings in some areas. Both models will have a free-flowing layouts that connect the kitchen, the family room, living room, library, I mean library, a den, an outdoor lanai, and both models will have an option to add a detached in-law suite if you really want the in-laws to move in, and a garage totaling an additional 1,000 square foot. You can visit Chris and the team online at www.greenviewconstruction.com. You can email Chris Tyson, that's C Tyson, as in Mike Tyson, C Tyson at greenviewconstruction.com, or you can call 561 727 5013. They're also on Facebook, they're on Instagram, they're on Twitter. Just look for Greenview Construction. And if that wasn't enough, they have an appointment only showroom at 715 Commerce Way West, Suite 14 in Jupiter, Florida. Are you a South Florida property owner with an insurance claim? Are you dealing with water, mold, or fire damage? Looking for a reputable, fully licensed, insured, and certified contractor? Water Cleanup of Florida is here for you 24 hours a day. When a disaster strikes in your home or business, you need specialized, fast, and reliable services. Water Cleanup of Florida understands the impact and stress an unexpected disaster may cause. With over 62 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, and Eric, and their team is prepared to handle any size disaster. The guys are born and raised in South Florida, so changing the narrative on the way contractors conduct business in South Florida is extremely important to them. 
Their objective is to make cleanup and insurance claim process painless and hassle-free. Water Cleanup of Florida is also a licensed building contractor, so they provide the A to Z service, one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. There's no need to bring in other contractors. They will handle it all for you. Call or text them anytime at 561-408-7835 for immediate assistance. The number again, 561-408-7835. Water Cleanup of Florida. This show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a revolutionary new daily fantasy game whereby you pick two, three, or four players to go over or under their fantasy point projections, and if you're correct, you win. Pick two or more players from the same sport or league, or go cross leagues for your parlay. Use the promo code 5, that's F-I-V-E, 5, and receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. But first, sign up at prizepicks.com to start winning today. Welcome to 3 Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to another edition of 3 Yards Per Caddy. I'm Alfredo Arteaga. Simon Clancy is here. Chris Kaufman is here. And as always, we are brought to you by Manscaped. Use promo code 5RSN and get 20% off your entire order. We're also brought to you by Better Edge. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I think Chris noticed how the entire national media is picking the Boston Celtics to beat the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. Miami's up one game to nothing, by the way. Uh, Well, you wondered, well, I should be able to get a good price, right, on, on the Heat. Well, on Better Edge... Dot com use betteredge.com slash the number five reasons you could find a line like that it's an exchange for betters you could find the line that you want put it out there you put the amount that you want on there and somebody will fill that that order unless of course you know you ask for something ridiculous like if you ask for miami plus 300 like you might not get filled but if you want that that plus 140 you might get that filled. In fact, it's getting filled uh, as of right now, even with Miami up one game to nothing. But use, again, betteredge.com slash the number five reasons. You log on through that, and you get a free $20 to try out the app. All right, guys. Great name way, for, a, for, for a, uh, a, a betting company, by the way. What we happened? Should, should, I, I, that's a great name for a, uh, a betting service, by the way. I just Better uh, Edge, I, right? I just appreciate the name. Yeah, and, and, and to be clear, it's B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com. Betteredge.com slash the number five reasons. And by the way, I, I understand that perfectly. Like, you know, if if everybody and their mother is picking the Boston Celtics, why are, are the betting lines so close, right? Like, I don't, I don't get that. So you should be able yeah. to get plus 140, and you, you can't in the open market. But you can't on there. All right. Uh, meanwhile, Simon is collecting more trophies. Tell, tell the people about the latest trophy in the trophy case. I mean, there's so many now that I have to buy a new case. So, mm. Um, mm. but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Liverpool just keeps stacking more and more trophies. I tuned in late in that game and I looked at the score and I was like, okay, <laughs> here's another one. Yeah. All so- right. The league probably won't happen at the weekend, but then next Saturday is the Champions League final, which Liverpool are also in. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, 
Yeah, Liverpool just lines up the championship games. Yeah, I mean, that's all we care about. Yeah, if you lose this one, you just win the one next week, you know? Like, fuck it, we'll just, you know. <laughs> do you know and then you win the one after that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, so speaking of, well, you know, I, I, from champions to the Dolphins is not a very good segue, right? But we're, we're getting there. We're, like, we're trying to get there. Okay? No, but but everybody's, everybody's mother... Uh, edging was a good se- segue. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, can uh, we just try to say that during this, we're recording this at 10, 10 a.m., 11 a.m. Eastern time? 11 a.m. Okay. 10 a.m. Central time. And the Jimbo Fisher, in response to Nick Saban press conference, is going on whilst we're recording this. So there may be. Oh, is it? The odd interjection of one of us saying, Nick Saban, <laughs> Jimbo has just said that Nick Saban's a massive goober or whatever. So just uh, well, Deion Sanders called him a liar. And look, yeah. look, we don't have too much to talk about. We have Melvin, Melvin Ingram to talk about. I want to get uh, uh, Simon's thoughts on Sony Michelle. I want to get his thoughts on the offensive line and what it might look like right now in OTAs heading into training camp. So we have some dolphin stuff to talk about, but this is a perfect place to start. Okay, I don't know if you guys saw. Did you guys you saw you guys saw Deion Sanders right uh, oh. responding to that accusation where Nick Saban basically has Deion Sanders handing out millions of dollars to every every single player? Uh, he called Nick Saban a liar. Now, I don't I don't understand where this is coming from, uh, Simon. Your thoughts on this because Nick Saban, uh, when they were buying players, you know, before the NIL deals. Uh, I, I didn't hear him complaining too much, but now the Texas A&M gets a few players and everything's above board. It's being investigated and it's being cleared. Okay. Now he, he has his panties in a bunch. What do you make of this? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't really understand what Nick Saban's end game here is because, you know, is he accusing every other team in college football of essentially just handing over bungs to players to get them through the door, sort of Marcus Dupree style, but that's never happened wherever he's coached at LSU, Alabama. But no. I mean, that's never happened, right? I mean, never. It's never, happened. never. Okay. And, so- and he'll also do anything to make sure that college players don't uh, get to enjoy the uh, financial benefits yeah. of the game that they, uh, that they, yeah. You know, that they essentially establish in power. And, uh, I, never want to hear, I never want to hear the highest paid public official in the state of Alabama complaining that yeah. uh, the, the people that he is making his living off of the back of are it's being very, It's very plantation-y. Isn't it? It's very, I live in a big white house and go and pick me some cotton boy. I mean, it really is. <laughs> highest um, paid, highest paid, highest paid public uh, uh, employee uh, in the United States, actually. Okay. I mean, if I'm Jimbo Fisher, I mean, I'm pissed that, you know, he's he's saying that. But if I'm Jimbo Fisher, this just says to me that, you know, Nick's worried about who's going to win the SEC this year. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why he'd be worried, because I thought A&M had a better team last year than they do this year because of, the, you know, but they have back to back number one recruiting classes. Um, but I just I just don't understand why you come out and say this. You know, why would you attack Deion Sanders over Travis Hunter? You know, it just feels very strange to me i just you know he doesn't like it he doesn't like it when any when there's any sort of development in college football that that might that like that changes the land you know he's one of those people that just resists change in all forms i think but um but i think that you know because i i go back i even think about how much he complained about 
and you know and just whined about like things that Gus Malzahn was doing and or, or and like the way the game was changing in terms of communication and like the timing and hurry ups and, and stuff like that like I remember him I remember him really bitching about that stuff you know and, and wanting more rule changes to prevent things you know prevent teams from being able to do th- do stuff like that like he was he, he's always like that I mean, Saban trying to make everybody believe that he believes that Alabama has never paid a player is almost next level trolling. Do you know what I mean? In a way, you have, <laughs> yes. to, in a way, you have to respect that. But actually, I think, I think actually, on a more serious level, I think that Saban is essentially a microcosm of society, whether that's American society or British society, in that he's somebody who's a you know has a built-in systemic advantage whining because the playing field that is so slanted in his direction is now being leveled. He doesn't want a meritocracy. Yes. He wants to maintain the status quo that's slanted in his favour. And to me, that's absolutely shameful. You know, and it goes back to Chris's point about, you know, colonising in a way. You, you replace the words football with whatever words you want to replace, throw back 100 years, and that's exactly where we are. And that's what it looks like. Rich, white, old, 70-year-old complaining about stuff that involves people who are not the same color as him trying to better themselves in the world. And I find that pretty shameful. No, and, and the subtweeting, like, like, where did this come from? Uh, the other day, uh, I don't know if it's subtweeting, if you're actually just saying it out of your own mouth, but Nick Saban w- was doing an interview and he said, they gave this kid a car, like, uh, you know, like some, you know, like if this kid does not exist, it's obviously, it's obvious who he was talking about. He was talking about Tyler Van Dyke because Tyler oh. Van Dyke took a picture inside of a brand new BMW, I believe it was. Well, uh, let me tell you something about that NIL deal because it, it came out. Uh, John Ruiz, who actually gave him the car, explained yeah. what it is. It's a lease for the season because Tyler Van Dyke is going to be a spokesperson for a BMW dealership. Okay. They didn't give him a car. He's driving the car for the season because he's a spokesperson for the car. So now Nick Saban is going to get on to a, do an interview and then just put it out there. You mm. know, so, but think about it. It's Nick Saban, right? So, you know, uh, you know, Granny, you know, Granny Ethel in 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 Tuscaloosa, hears Nick Saban say they gave a kid a car, right. and she has now in in her head that there's these schools out there. They're just handing out BMWs to to kids. I mean, like like what is he trying to do? What I find what I find amazing is that is that I mean on a, a number of things I I find amazing, but he literally said the words. Text, oh, A&M bought every player on their team. <laughs> okay? That's libelous, right? <laughs> yes. Right off the bat. Okay? The second thing is that him making a point about this and sort of politicking to the NCAA to, uh, to sort of do his bidding so that his program can continue to run a monopoly, <laughs> knowing that the NCAA are going to look the other way when it comes to Alabama, is a, you know... And the other thing is... The NIL, one team, one school in America that the NIL is having no effect on is Alabama. (laughs) (laughs) The the ramifications and the fallout of the NIL are having no effect on Alabama whatsoever. You know, I mean, how much much does Bryce Young earn on uh, through the NIL? Is it three million dollars? Was it the other day? But but according to Saban, they did it, quote unquote, the right way, right way. And yeah. and by the way, Jimbo Fisher uh, called Nick Saban a despicable narcissist. Really? That's a, that's outstanding. Yeah, he said he, he said that to suggest that the the kids you know broke the kid the seventeen year olds and their families 
broke state laws is despicable. And, um, and then he just called him a straight up narcissist. That is sensational. But look, here are the basic facts, right? Alabama's athletic budget is $180 million. Nick Saban's <laughs> salary per year is $9 million. The entire Jackson State athletic budget is less at $8 million than Nick Saban's yearly salary. Okay. Deion Sanders' salary a year is $300,000, which is, by my terrible maths calculation, $8,700,000 per year less than Nick Saban. And on top of that, the Alabama gym, just for the football <laughs> players, cost $11 million to build, which is $3 million more than the entire athletic budget for Jackson State. So who's really winning this? Because it's not Jackson State or anybody else not called Nick Saban. That's nothing. Go look at uh, Alabama's uh, budget for the women's softball team. I bet it's bigger than Jackson State's entire football budget. Can I just say this? Jimbo has just said, I don't cheat and I don't lie. As my old man would slap you upside your head, maybe somebody should have slapped him upside his head. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I agree with everything there except saying Uh, that that he doesn't lie. (laughs) Like He probably should have not said that, you know? But yeah, like, I, you know, it, look, it, all this goes to show is that no matter how many number of national championships and, uh, you know, how many statues you can get, you're still the same Nick Saban that that wiggled his way out of here onto a private jet and to Alabama and basically went back on every single because, uh, look, they, they've dressed up that pig 5000 times over uh, Wayne Huizenga turned over the entire franchise to Nick Saban, uh, tried to accommodate that guy completely. And Nick Saban basically just stabbed him right in the back. I mean, okay. And left him with an absolute mess. said that when you walk on water, I guess rules don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Some people think they're God. Go dig into how God did his deal. You may find out about a guy, a lot of things you don't want to know. You make God the czar of college football. Just go dig into his past. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, man. Just take a flamethrower to it. So, yeah, so. Uh, I guess we're rooting for Texas A&M this year. I am. I am. I want them to win every single game 85 to nothing. Okay. I'm, I want them to. I'm really, I'm really just rooting for the players that, you know, make college football as, you know, as popular it is and as, as much of a moneymaker it is to actually get some some compensation for you that. can't like, tune in i'm sorry you can't tune into a game on a saturday afternoon okay at 3 30 look at a stadium with eighty-eight thousand people eating and drinking and having a good old time and then you look on the field and these kids have to borrow money to get a suit to go to a funeral i'm sorry like there's mm-hmm. just no way like there's no way that that's justice or fair or anything like you know come on like, you know, this is just a drop in the bucket, by the way, this NIL thing. OK, now I understand, you know, c- certain kids like, you know, Bryce, Bryce Young is actually making like a living out of it. But he's Bryce Young, you know, good, for uh, him, good for all these kids making a living out of it. Most yeah. of them come from nothing. Most of them end up with nothing whilst they're drained out of college football. And they, you know, because 0.01% make it to the NFL and they mm-hmm. end up working at Walmart. Why shouldn't they make fucking money? And Absolutely. Oh, but, but but they're being given a free, severely overpriced education yeah. that everybody yes. assumes everybody that, that assumes is essentially just, useless nowadays. Yeah, well, because but, trade but everybody everybody assumes that it's just paper. Everybody assumes it's just paper because they were a football player. Yeah, you know, like when they walk out of it, 
Exactly. They wouldn't be getting that education if they didn't, if they couldn't do something for you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Jimbo just said, uh, there's never been parity in college football because certain people never followed the rules in the first place. <laughs> Jimbo, I mean, Jimbo's this is giving earth stuff. Oh, oh this great. is this is great. I can't wait. As soon as this podcast is over, I'm gonna fire up the Jimbo Fisher press conference and listen to the entire thing. Look at look at how much more interesting this is made in an otherwise normal Thursday. <laughs> right? Absolutely. All right, we gotta move on to the dolphins here for a second. Um, and of course, uh, during this podcast, Simon, feel free to break in with any new Jimbo Fisher quotes. Uh, but Simon, I got to get Simon first on the record because, uh, we, we spoke about this on the last podcast toward the end, uh, on Sony Michelle, your thoughts on Sony Michelle signing with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I liked actually what, um, coach said, uh, yesterday in his press conference, which is that the, uh, any opportunity that you get to bring in a guy who's won two Super Bowls, uh, who can do what he does, then you kind of take that. And I understand that. And you get into now uh, a backfield of Raheem Mostert, Chase Edmonds. And look, both of those guys are interesting. They're speedy guys. They do what, you know, this offense we think is going to, how this offense is going to look. They do what it says on the tin. But they're, you know, especially Mostert coming off an injury, you know, you're not going to want to pound them down after down. Obviously, we've still got Gaskin. Obviously, we've still got Ahmed. Obviously, there's there's a kid that I think has, has played pretty well in the um at the at the mini camp at the weekend. So Quandre White. We've obviously got Jared mm-hmm. Doe as well. Um, but Michelle brings you know, and I went back and looked at some games, so I felt like he'd lost a bit of his speed. And I loved, I absolutely loved him coming out of Georgia. I thought he was a, just a high level player. I think he's he slowed down a bit. I love him in pass protection. He's outstanding on third downs. And actually, you saw him play for the Rams and he picked up some, you know, nice chunk yardage. I think he had 834 yards rushing in the end. So just a really solid addition, actually, and uh, and significantly better than when I first heard the news. Just going back and looking at a few Rams games and, you know, just able to, like I said, just to pick up chunk yardage. I think it's um, I think it's a good signing that you're just, that there's never been a star running back per se with the 49ers in terms of, you know, you just throw in a Jeff Wilson, you throw in a, a Matt Breeder, you throw in a uh, the kid they had, like Elijah Mitchell. You know, the, there are guys... Um, contributing all over the place from that running back position. I think that's what you're going to see here. Yeah. Now, let me ask you a question before we move on to Melvin Ingram. Um, in the last podcast, I asked uh, Chris the same question. He he basically explained it out to, it's just, you know, it was just the injury. But where did the evaluation go wrong? Nick Chubb and and Sony Michelle. Uh, I think we all like both of them. I really like Nick Chubb a lot. But one has become a star and the other guy has been on three teams now. So where did that evaluation go wrong? Is it just as simple as Nick Chubb had serious injuries? I don't think it went wrong. I think that, um, what do you mean, coming out of college, do you mean? Yeah, because uh, Sonny Michelle got drafted how many spots ahead of Nick Chubb? Almost 50, uh, 60 I think, spots? I think it was probably the injury thing with Chubb, which is obviously, you know, proven that that's not really an issue. And he's gone on to become one of the best um one of the best running backs in the league. I mean, you know, top three, top five back in the league. I don't know what you think, Chris, but I, I always thought that, you know, he was a he was a really good player, but he wasn't the he wasn't the primary ball carrier. He was more mm. of a, and I think what he did was churn out the yards that, that those sort of hidden yards in college football that maybe don't necessarily sing. Whereas Michelle had a lot of the you know the big plays and the you know he was the starter and and those sorts of things. I think that yeah, I I think that's kind of. And also, I don't think he had a great... He went back to school, didn't he? He could have come out for his junior year. I think he went back, got in better shape, looked a bit better. 
too um, much too much tread and sh- tires and yeah you know, tore up his knee and, you know, his knee. and I think people just by the way out. uh sony michelle went 31st to the patriots nick chubb went 35th to the browns yeah so it was just four four spots it was it was a, it felt like a ronnie brown cadillac williams situation yeah. um a little bit and you know because simon you know when, when we're always looking at these these dudes you know sometimes a guy is a little bit less of a role play or has a little bit less of a role but like the roles that he has just you know tickle the nfl's fancy fancy yeah. you know sony michelle like people are thinking of with the with the juice that he has you know people are thinking of him as a pass catcher um you know they're thinking of him as a pass protector and i think he is a good pass protector in the pros um you know it's a little bit i mean one just went four spaces ahead of the other so it's not that yeah. big of a deal but but yeah i think i think there's a lot of things there yeah all right moving on uh Chris, do you like this Melvin Ingram signing as much as I do? Let me just jump in very quickly. Jimbo Fisher said that Nick Saban called him. He said, I didn't take the call. We are done for good. He's the greatest ever, question mark. When you have all the advantages, it's easy to be the greatest ever. <laughs> Damn. You know what? But I mean, these two these two work together, right? So like yeah. what... I mean, what, what sorts of things? What sorts of things could uh, Jimbo spill? Jimbo has got Jimbo's got a big old sweat on as well. He's got a real rage man sweat on, which is fascinating. It's kind of adding. <laughs> October the eighth, they play each other in Tuscaloosa. That is going to be absolutely must watch. Phenomenal! I want to see those two meet on the meet in the middle of the field. <laughs> Why is Kirby Smart uh, quiet all of a sudden? Maybe because he's playing charity events with Nick Saban, playing golf charity events with Nick Saban and Justin Thomas. Like, why is he quiet? He's a national champion. I know things, says Jimbo. I know things. Yep. Yep. There it is. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) Let him out, buddy. Let him out. Let it out. (laughs) So, Chris, do you like uh, this Melvin Ingram signing as much as I do? Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, I, you know, when you when you really think about it, as as far as guys that can get to the pass, uh, get to the passer from the outside, you're kind of, um, I mean, you're basically just at uh, the two the two headliners, Emmanuel Ogba and um, and Jalen Phillips. Uh, with Jalen Phillips, you know, and, and I'm not saying that this will happen, but sometimes guys go through, you know, the quote unquote the sophomore slump, and um, and so, you know, there's there's those two guys, and then there's Andrew Van Ginkle, and it's fun. In a contract year, too. Andrew Van yeah, Ginkle. It's, it's fun to say year. Andrew Van Ginkle's name, uh, and and he he shows up on the field sometimes, but he also disappears for long stretches yes, he does. Um, of time. And so, you know, you're kind of looking at that. You're like, damn, those are our pass rushers, huh? You know, because because as much as I like guys like in the interior guys like uh like Kristen wilkins and zach sealer i mean they do a good job from the interior but those aren't going to be high those aren't going to be high volume pressure guys you know like um they're they're just they're just not so how many how many of those sort of uh very efficient pressure guys could can miami throw out there and melvin ingram is that he's an efficient um pressure guy from the outside so it's it's good to have him in it. You know what it kind of reminds me of is um is it reminds me of uh, a couple years back. You know um, the Baltimore Ravens had just an endless supply of edge guys um, that that they were throwing out there. Um, and and yet the guy, if you looked on the tape, that was that kind of looked the best and was a little bit surprising was um, the old the old man uh, Pernell McPhee. 
Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, you know, that they, they made sure to resign him. Um, you know, obviously they let, uh, what's his name go to the Patriots and he had a, uh, he got a really big contract. So, you know, no shame there, but, um, the, they went back and got Pernell McPhee because the bottom line is, and it doesn't matter how old he was, uh, like you look at the tape and look on the field, like he was, he was the guy that was active and, um, and, and giving problems. And I think Melvin Ingram has kind of, kind of reached that point in his career where, um, you know, Von, Von Miller, you know, he's as great a player as he once was. Um, you know, he's, he's not that player anymore. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not, not trying to insult the man, but then you get to the playoffs, you get to the Super Bowl, and look at him, you know? And, and that's, that's, I think that, that's sort of how I, how I contextualize or how I see uh, this, this Melvin Ingram signing. Yeah, and the Dolphins did have some success toward the end of the year last year rushing Jalen Phillips as a three technique. And this allows them to do that even more. Uh, your thoughts, Simon, this, I, lo- I love this signing. This is one of my favorite signings of the, of the off season. Your thoughts. Yeah. Smart, uh, hitting signing guy that really helped the chiefs last year. I thought, you know, just a good player still, you know, he's not going to play 60 snaps a game, but you know, he's really good against the run. Um, he, you know, will set a hard edge. He can still, as was shown at the back end, uh, down the run with the Chiefs, he can get to the, um, he can get to the quarterback. Um, I, I just think everything about this is a, a, an absolute kind of plus. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I just think mm-hmm. he's so well into the infrastructure of the defense in terms of how they, uh, of how they operate. Uh, and people like looking at the box score in terms of the numbers and things will be like, oh, he's 33 and, you know, missed half of the season in 2020. But, you know, you just throw him into the mix with a Jalen Phillips and an Emmanuel O'Brien. And also just him being around Jalen Phillips. Do you know what I mean? Phillips being able to soak up Ingram's experience. You know, 51 career sacks. He's played so many different roles along that front. He's played inside, outside. You know, he's just, uh, you know, all the things that you like kind of look at with Phillips, arm length, how he uses his arms, how he uses his hands. You know, all of that stuff is a, an absolute Ingram hallmark in terms of, you know, winning with length, the extension skills that he has, um, the, the fact that he played inside, outside as a linebacker, not just a defensive lineman. Do you know what I mean? He played inside linebacker, mm-hmm. hugs up to the line of scrimmage and, you know, he can scrape inside or he, at least he's been able to do so, be able to teach Phillips how to get off either linebackers, uh, get off linebackers, get off linemen, you know, creeping linemen to the second level, all those sorts of things. I just... um yeah, I just I think it's a a really kind of can't miss signing. Really, I think he's a I just think he's a good player, a really good player. Yeah, he I think he was what was missing. Uh, I, and I actually do love that they've decided. You know what? They don't have this this age requirement anymore on this roster, and they're sprinkling in some vets, which I think was needed. I think they needed some you know some older heads to prevail because you know what did they have before really as far as guys with a lot of experience? Elden, you know. Atlanta Roberts, really? That's it. That's all we had. Uh, Byron Jones, maybe. You know, Xavier Howard's never been a very vocal guy. So, you know, they had another leader type. I, and he's, you know, he's a leader type that actually can play. Like, you've seen his pressure stats. His pressure stats were almost identical to Emmanuel Ogba, which were tops of the league. So, you know, this is a guy that is going to produce. He's going to help this team a lot. And he allows them to have a lot of versatility. All right, now moving on to another a unit that may not have as much versatility or as much talent, the offensive line. It seems like they're going to try everything everywhere. Uh, I guess we'll just start, we'll start backwards. 
we'll start with the finished product. Where do, what do you think the this thing is going to look like? Because as of right now, nothing's settled. The only thing that is settled is that Teron Armstead will start at left tackle. Like, we know that. But where do you think they settle with, finally, on this offensive line, Simon? I think they're really intrigued by Connor Williams not being left guard. Um, I think they're intrigued by the Connor Williams at center experiment. Um, it's hard to tell. It's really hard to say at the moment. I suspect they probably end up going Armstead, Williams, Dieter, Hunt, a another, probably Eichenberg, maybe at right tackle. I wouldn't rule Kellen Deitch out of the mix. I know they like him a lot. Um, people talk about short arms, but you know Eric Fisher had short arms. Is you know turned into a decent tackle. Um, so that wouldn't surprise me. I could see a scenario where when Armstead, Eichenberg, Williams, Hunt, a another, maybe Jackson. Don't know. It's just it's just so tough to call. The other the other thing is, let's be realistic. Teron Armstead probably isn't starting sixteen games, seventeen games. You know, hasn't done that mm. for. He hasn't completed a full season for x amount of years so at some point you've also got well to be fair the covid year uh he played in a full season except for two weeks due to covid so but you know he's 30 what is he 33 years old he's not gonna be getting you know you don't necessarily see guys turning in back to back to back healthy years having been generally suffered from injuries as they got you know as they move on through their career um Bruce Feldman, by the way, just texted Lane Kiffin to ask him for his thoughts. And Kiffin replied, I am speechless for the first time in my life. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, Teron Armstead is 30 years old. He will turn 31 July 23rd. Yeah, okay. Um, Jimbo has also just said, you coach with people like Bobby Bowden and learn how to do things the right way. You coach with other people and learn how not to do things the right way. There's a reason I, I ain't went back and worked for him. The opportunities I had, I just don't want to be associated with him. <laughs> wow. Man, I love it. Yeah. Flames. So, um, but yes, I don't, um, I, I think it's really hard to tell. And I think apart from Armstead, I think every single position is up in the air. Does Rob Hunt move to right tackle, back to right tackle? Does Connor Williams, does Connor Williams play right tackle? Now, Connor Williams was a left tackle that people regarded highly. And there were people at the Dallas Cowboys that thought he could be the long-term answer at left tackle for, um, the brilliant left tackle they have his name completely escapes me Aaron smith yeah exactly so you know i wouldn't necessarily rule out williams at right tackle either and then you work on okay what's the best format in the middle is that i can at left guard is that hunt at right guard and is that dieter at center i don't know is robert jones the kid out of middle tennessee state that they picked up as an undrafted free agent last year where does he fit does kandich play guard you know all these questions i think are um I think are really interesting and up in the air and uh, and kind of worth talking about. But I know they're lining people up at different um, positions, um, you know, and we'll just have to see how it all ends up. I, to me, I don't know what you think, Chris, but Kellen Deitch to me is a really interesting player. Like he was well, I thought he was liked by scouts across the league. He's balanced, he's tough, he's mobile. That, that mobility in the run game, the fact that he can climb, he can get to the second level, he can move. You know, it makes me think that he could be a guy. He's got really good feet. He's got, you know, good hands, good grip strength. He's not a power player, but actually he wins with technique. He wins with leverage and he wins with footwork. And it, I just, I, I, when I watched him run blocking laterally before the draft, I thought he quickly replaced, he redirected his hands and, and can drive. Like he's really good at knocking one defender into another. He's got that sort of pinball kind of, 
11 pressures in his career, you know, three years as a starter. I am, um, you know, those 32 inch arms. I, I just think he's a, I think he's a good player who could end up starting at multiple positions on this line. I wouldn't rule him out either inside or at right tackle. I think uh, when I watch him, um, you know, I've, I've said this before. I am, I am reminded from a long time ago of, uh, of Eric Winston because Eric Winston was another tall guy, six, six, seven. I mean, mm. Kellen Deitch is, is over six, seven, slightly over actually. Um, so this is a big tall guy. And for that reason, and also just by the way he plays, I do have a little trouble seeing him move to the inside. You don't always, you, you just don't always see that like a, an over six foot seven inch guy going into the inside, being able to get that leverage and, and, and the power, the, you know, the pure strength anchor power um, was never really his game. And so you move inside, you wonder if that's just going to accentuate his weaknesses and hide his strengths. Um, so I think that, uh, it, it probably will stick with the outside tackle positions, but I, I mean, I like them too. I always like to, to think about like, you know, we got to humble ourselves here. We loved this guy before the draft. We thought yeah. he could go in the third round before the draft and then he went undrafted. Right. So, mm -hmm. so the NFL said, you know, no, that's no, that's, that's not it for him. And, and I always want to know, or want to at least have my arms around why. And I think the reason why is because he's so tall. Um, and, and might not be fit to move inside because his game is a certain way. And because he's so tall, uh, you're okay. He's tackle, but then he also has 32 inch arms, which is definitely way below ideal for a tackle, either right or left tackle. Um, and so, you know, that, that makes him questionable. He also couldn't get a job at Texas A&M, right? He couldn't win a job there. And he had to go to Arizona state before he finally won a job and, you know, before, and he, he stood out, but against, you know, lesser players than he would have been facing at Texas A&M. Um, so I, and add on to that, he's a little bit older than your normal, uh, than your normal uh, draft prospect prospect. And I think you've got all the reasons he ultimately went undrafted. All that said, you know, he is a very athletic guy very, very athletic, his foot speed, his, um, his ability to slide his, um, you know, I, you mentioned it, like, uh, we're talking about these zone plays and, and the way that he can get up and the way that he can get out in front of blockers is, is really impressive. Um, he's got that going for him. The short arms are an issue, but he, he's been forced to, um, sort of compensate for them. Uh, for the short arms because he's not a puncher he's not a boxer you know um, he's he's more of a guy that'll try to lock and lock and steer and um, and maybe even get a little bit grabby um, and I think that it works I think that it works in this um, this offense in particular he seems tailor-made for this this outside zone approach and it wouldn't surprise me to see him at it wouldn't surprise me to see him as the backup the ultimate backup to um, to what's his, to Teron Armstead because we mm. we've kind of all assumed that Teron's not going to play 17 games. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he's the immediate backup, you know, a, as opposed to the idea of starting shifting people around, you know, to when one guy goes down, now you're changing three positions and potentially weakening three positions. Um, you know, the, the, they coaches always hate doing that. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me to see him be the immediate backup to Teron Armstead and actually playing in some games this year at left tackle. Will he go out and get into the mix at right tackle? Gosh, I hope so. But, uh, you know, 
I don't know that they like to put too much on an undrafted rookie um, and have them play in, in, in so many different spots and, um, and then, and then have them start right away. But, but I, I do hope he gets into the mix at right tackle. I just, um, I have a feeling that the coaches will just be like, no, nah, let's take it easy with the undrafted rookie, you know? Yeah. Just- and you mentioned Eric Winston and that's an interesting thing because I, I, I remember you mentioned him in the last podcast. So I looked this up. The first Mel Kuyper mock draft of 2005 had Eric Winston as a top 10 pick. Then they found out he had 32 and a quarter inch arms. He ended up going in the third round. But, you know, when we stepped back away from it, Eric Winston played 165 games in the NFL, played 11 seasons, started 127 of them. So those first couple of seasons were in the system under uh you know gary kubiak uh with Mm -hmm. kyle shanahan and mike mcdaniel on staff yeah and they 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 played him at right tackle actually yeah they did they moved him from left tackle to right tackle johnson the uh florida state defensive lineman he just he just said that uh he responded to nick saman's a&m bought every player on the team by saying that alleging that that Nick Saban offered me six figures in the class in the class when he came out. Y'all was NIL before NIL. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, oh man. Awesome. Nick Saban stepped in it and I couldn't love it more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is gonna be awesome. This is gonna be great. And what's gonna be, be even better is an Alabama, you know, fourth place finish in the SEC would be even better. Yeah, I can't yeah. see that. Right. I can't see that though. <laughs> I'm not gonna Unfortunately, go I so I went too far. Happening. I went too far. That's a little too far. That's a little too far. <laughs> any team other than uh, Alabama winning the SEC, unfortunately, I think Georgia have got too far to go. They lost too many players, and yeah, uh, well, yeah. Well, Georgia has been decimated by the NFL draft. Yeah, yeah. Well, go Texas A&M. Let's go Aggies. Absolutely. Utah All right. Is to watch this year in college football. I think Utah are going to be really good. Oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah. interesting. All right. That's it. There is no more. Next week will be the last show before a brief hiatus. But till then. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yep, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every Every time you buy gas, use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. 
Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.